about one person who had an interesting idea about dealing with our failure to keep New Year's resolutions. He pointed out that the problem is we often set the bar too high. And what we need to do, according to this author, is to make resolutions that we just wait and it'll pass. Or you could do this. You could resolve that in 2018, I will eat more food. No more scales, no more diets. You could make it your personal goal to, say, eat 5,000 calories a day. Now, the reality is we don't make goals like that. Why? Because we want this year to be better than last year. Because deep down, we want to be successful. And that brings us to a question that I want you to consider with me today. How can you be successful in this new year? And of course, your answer to that question depends on how you define success. For example, you might be a football coach who defines success in terms of winning a postseason football game in an important bowl. Or you could be a, a salesperson who defines success as being number one in the company. Or maybe you're a student this morning and success is getting into that college that you want to attend. Or maybe as a mom or a dad, success to you is raising happy, responsible children. There are all kinds of ways that we define success. Consider the story of a guy we'll call Bert. For him, success was living the good life. By the time he was 30, Bert was in business for himself and working 70 hours a week. He was married with two kids, drove a new car, had a nice house in the suburbs. Bert went to church at least once a month, thinking that it was important for his kids to hear Bible stories and develop the right values. He played golf at least once a month, which was his only recreational pursuit. Bert's number one goal was to retire at the age of 50 buy a beach house, and spend the rest of his life playing golf as much as possible. When he reached that goal, he would be successful. Bert's definition of success is a common one, setting a goal and accomplishing it. But that definition is rather limited because true success depends on the nature of the goal. Let me give you an idea of, of how this works. Let's say that your goal was to steal the identity of 10 people this year. Well, you'd only be successful if you actually stole 10 people's identities. So it's, it's obvious that to be successful, you have to have the right kind of goal. Now, when it comes to setting goals, most of us think about two categories. There's achievement and there's acquisition. There's the things that we do, our accomplishments, and the things that we accumulate, the stuff that we have. But God wants us to think in a different direction. God wants us to think about how our character is being developed. Because here's the reality, what you do flows from who you are. So let me give you a biblical definition of success, and this is on your outline this morning. Success is the process of becoming the person God created you to be as you achieve the goals he has given you. The process of becoming the person God created you to be as you achieve the goals he has given you. Remember Bert? His goal was to retire at age 50 and play golf and live in a beach house. Bert had been raised in church, and when he was a teenager, he made a decision to trust Jesus at a summer youth camp. The main reason he went to church was to fulfill what he believed was a spiritual obligation to his kids. But Bert had a cultural rather than a biblical definition of success. He had never realized how much more God wanted for him. See, God wanted Bert to base all of his goals on who God wanted him to be and what God wanted him to do with his life. Because in doing that, Bert would find true success. So what about you and me? 
How can we find true success in 2018? Well, here's the starting point. First of all, pray for God's guidance in setting your goals. Pray for God's guidance in setting your goals. One of the things that successful people have in common in the Bible is their commitment to prayer. Now, who was, who was famous for seeking God's guidance three times a day and ended up in a lion's den because of his commitment to prayer? Who can tell me? Daniel. How about this? There was a, a man in the Bible who, who prayed that it wouldn't rain, and it didn't rain for three and a half years. Do you know who that was? Elijah. Or how about this? The person that prayed all night long before he chose his disciples. And remember, if you don't know the answer, it's probably who? It's Jesus. Jesus prayed all night long before choosing his disciples. Now, there is another man in the Bible who achieved remarkable success because he was committed to prayer, and his name is Nehemiah. In fact, there's an entire book in the Old Testament by that name, and as you start reading this book, you discover that Nehemiah has learned that the city of Jerusalem is in ruins. Its once famous walls have been destroyed. The people are in disgrace. Now, how does Nehemiah respond? Well, this is what we read. When I heard these things, I sat down and wept. For some days I mourned and fasted and prayed before the God of heaven. When Nehemiah prayed, God showed Nehemiah exactly what he wanted him to do, to go to Jerusalem and to rebuild the walls. So what does that mean for us? Well, as this new year begins, we need to ask God what he wants us to do with this new year. Instead of saying, here's what I want to do, here's what I want to accomplish, here's what I want to accumulate or achieve, we need to say, God, in this year, what do you want to do in me? And God, what do you want to do through me? Now, here are some practical things that we should seek God's guidance for as we set goals. You can ask God, hey, God, this year in 2018, what do you want me to do with the money that you've entrusted to me? What do you want me to do with my time? What do you want me to do with these talents and skills that you've given me? God, what do you want me to do with my marriage, with my family, with my business, with my career? If you're a student, you can say, God, hey, help me figure out what classes you want me to take this year, who my friends should be. You can ask God about his goals for your career, going back to school, starting a new business, all kinds of things, because this is so important. Prayer guides you into God's will for your life. Let me say that again. Prayer guides you into God's will for your life. And as you prayerfully establish these goals, do this. This is the second thing on your outline. Pray for success in reaching your goals. Pray for success in reaching your goals. Because this is exactly what Nehemiah does. His goal is to go back to Jerusalem and rebuild the walls. And this is what happens in the story. Look at this verse. He's praying, O Lord, let your ear be attentive to the prayer of this your servant and to the prayer your servants who delight in revering your name. Give your servant success today by granting him favor in the presence of this man. Now this man refers to the king because Nehemiah is going to the king and explaining to the king, God has given me this goal of going back to Jerusalem and rebuilding the walls. And God, would you please give me success? Would you please put in the heart of the king to help me accomplish this goal? And here's what that means for us. As we seek plans that God has helped us establish, we should pray that God would give us success. After all, they're not just our goals, they're God's goals for us. So what's the first thing we need to do in order to have a successful new year? Pray for God's guidance. Then secondly, we need to pray for success in reaching the goals. And then here's the third thing. Plan for how you will achieve these goals. 
We need to have a plan, something that involves action steps. Now, let's think about this together for just a, a few moments. Let's say you're a student, and your goal is to make better grades in 2018. What are some practical things you can do to achieve that goal? And you can just tell me, what are some practical things? Some of you are students. Some of us were students a while back. So how can you make better grades? What are some things you can do? What are your ideas? Study. Yeah, that's always good. Open the book and read it. Right, you have to study and maybe study more than you've been studying. Okay, what are some other things you can do? Go to class. That's a really good one. That's right. <laughs> Somebody said that first service and, and I was saying, man, when I was a freshman in college, I really should have done that more often. I'm sure my grades would have been better. Yes, go to class. That's really important. What are some other things you can do if you want better grades? What's that? Pray. There you go. You have to pray and work, right, together. Um, here's a thought. Find a really smart friend and ask if they will study with you. There's all kinds of things you can do if you want better grades. How about this? Let's say that your goal this year is to get out of debt or at least reduce your debt. What do you need? To hit the lottery. No. You need a plan. Exactly. What if your goal is to have a better marriage? What do you need? Starts with a P, has four letters. You need a plan. Good. Let's say that you want to get in really good physical shape. You need a plan. Uh, let's say that you want, to, you want to get closer to God. You want to develop your character. What do you need? Plan. Nehemiah was a man with a? He was exactly that. A man with a plan. And we see that in this next verse. Take a look at this. It says, three days after my arrival at Jerusalem, I slipped out during the night, taking only a few others with me. I had not told anyone about, notice this, the plans God had put in my heart for Jerusalem. The plans God had put in my heart for Jerusalem. Now listen carefully. The reason Nehemiah was successful in reaching his goals is that he was pursuing the plans God had put in his heart. Now, how did those plans get in his heart? Exactly, through prayer. Next Sunday, we're beginning this adventure, this church-wide experience called 40 Days of Prayer, and I really want to encourage every single one of you to come with us on this journey. We're going to explore what the Bible actually says about prayer and the potential that prayer has to change us, to change our families, to change our church, to change this community, to even change the nation and the world. And as Pastor Phil was saying, it's not just a time to talk about prayer, it's a time to actually pray and see God work. And this week as I was looking at the story of Nehemiah, I saw something in this story that really relates to this adventure of 40 days of prayer. And it's simply this, that Nehemiah did not accomplish these plans all by himself. In fact, in this verse it says that he took a few others with him. And this is something that's really interesting in the story. Um, somebody was asking me about the cover of the bulletin this morning. Have you seen this? Do you have one? There's a picture of a, a young lady with a level and a construction helmet. And people were saying, what is up with that? Well, this is actually from the story of Nehemiah. Because there's a, a section, it's actually in chapter 3, and it talks about all the people that worked repairing sections of the wall. And there was one man, he was an official, and he was really important. He was in charge of half of Jerusalem. And it says that he repaired the wall along with the help of his daughters. Apparently, he had no sons. And so his daughters worked alongside him. But it reminds us, listen, you can't accomplish God's plans for your life all by yourself. 
And church, that's really important when it comes to prayer because the power of God is unleashed when believers pray together. And for that reason, I want to encourage you and I want to strongly encourage you to be a part of a small group because here's the deal. There is a sign-up sheet out in the lobby today and there's information about groups that meet various days of the week, different places. Some will meet here at the church, some in homes. But here's what I want you to do. Sign up, show up, and experience how prayer can change your life by changing you. Now, let's do a quick review as we move on. First of all, if you want to be successful in 2018, pray for God's guidance in setting your goals. Pray for success in reaching those goals. Plan for how you will achieve those goals. And here's number four. Pursue your goals despite what? Opposition. Nehemiah encounters some serious opposition as he tries to carry out this goal of rebuilding the walls. Now, what I find interesting about the Bible is that very often we read specific names in the Bible. And in this next verse, I want to show you the names of three people that are opposing Nehemiah. Now, how would you like to have your name recorded for all of eternity in the Bible because you were opposing somebody trying to carry out God's plan? But that's exactly what happens. Take a look at this verse. It says this. But when Sanballat the Horonite, Tobiah the Ammonite official, and Geshem the Arab heard about it, heard about the wall being rebuilt, they mocked and ridiculed us. What is this you are doing, they asked. Are you rebelling against the king? Notice the response that Nehemiah gives. I answered them by saying, the God of heaven will give us success. Now you can almost hear these guys laughing at Nehemiah and laughing at God's people. You guys are never going to be able to do this. And I'll tell you what, in this new year, if you're really pursuing godly goals, you're going to face opposition and quite possibly ridicule. People who just don't understand or don't agree with the things you're trying to do. If you're a teenager this morning, if you're a student, and you have a commitment to sexual purity, you're going to face opposition and ridicule. If you're a person who's in the workplace and you have a, a commitment to integrity in your job, you're going to face the same thing, opposition and ridicule. And this year, if you try to live by godly principles and you're trying to speak the truth in love, there are times when you will be misunderstood and criticized and even gossiped about. So how does Nehemiah respond to this opposition to the goals that God has given him? Does Nehemiah say, hey, listen, you guys have no idea who you're messing with. I'm the bodyguard to the king. Do you realize that? I mean, I'm one bad dude. You don't, you don't mess with me. Or does he say, hey, you see these people working here? The people with the trowel in one hand and the sword in the other. These are Israelites. They're the fiercest fighters in the world. You shouldn't mess with them. What does he say? As he faces this opposition, he says, the God of heaven will give us success. So where is Nehemiah's confidence? Not in himself, not in the people that he's working with. His confidence is where? It's in God. See, Nehemiah believes that God has given him this goal, and because of that, God will help him achieve this goal, and because of that, he is able to keep moving toward that goal. And that's true for us, too. Because here's the last point that I want you to see. If we're going to be successful in 2018, here's what we have to do. Persevere in reaching your goals. Persevere in reaching your goals. Tom Landry, the former coach of the Dallas Cowboys, was asked by a reporter one time, what is a champion 
And this is what he said. A champion is someone who didn't give up when he wanted to. Somebody who didn't give up when he wanted to. When it came to rebuilding the walls of Jerusalem, Nehemiah refused to give up. Despite opposition, he kept going. Despite ridicule, he kept going. Despite death threats, he kept going. And that was also true of the people of Israel. They persevered in pursuing God's goals. And what was the result? Look at this verse. It says, so the wall was completed in 52 days. When all our enemies heard about this, all the surrounding nations were afraid and lost their self-confidence. And here's why. Because they realized that this work had been done with the help of our God. Listen, any goal worth reaching will require you to persevere. Now, in this story, after 26 days, the Israelites are tired and they're discouraged and they feel like quitting. So what does Nehemiah do? Well, he has a timeout and he calls people together and he reminds them how important this goal is. They're not just rebuilding this wall to protect God's people. They're rebuilding this wall for the glory of God. So that people will will see this and, and say, there really is a God in heaven who has helped you achieve this goal that he put in your heart. For us in this new year, when we get tired, when we get discouraged, it's so important to remember that if God has given you the goal, God will give you the strength to persevere toward reaching that goal. Now think about marriage. Those of you who are married this morning, Let's say that your goal in 2018 is to have a better marriage. How many of you would say that's a good goal? Boy, if you're married, your hand better be in the air right now. (laughs) I mean, okay. Now, okay, a better marriage. What does that mean? Okay, a marriage where we live by God's principles, where we love each other and forgive each other and serve each other because there's a lot of information about what a good marriage looks like in this book, no doubt. Now, if you have that goal this morning, do you think that you're just going to drift into that kind of marriage? It's going to happen all by itself. If you've been married more than 10 years, could you tell me the answer to that? No, I should say six months. No, it takes what? It takes work, exactly. And you've got to keep working. You can't just work for a week and go, I didn't work out. (laughs) Right? You've got to persevere. I was looking this week at some statistics about divorce, and, and many of us know this, that the number of divorces in the early years of marriage are much higher, typically in the first five years. But I also was reading about marriage and and realizing, you know, there are people that have been married for a long time, people who have been married for decades, and they are not intentionally pursuing God's goals for their marriage. In fact, for some people, they're staying married because it's convenient. Because for them, home is just a place to come and, and crash after a long, hard day. And they realize, hey, we're not really soulmates, we're just roommates. But church, what if that changed this year? What if a husband and a wife said, you know what, this year, we really do want a better marriage. We really do want to live by God's goals for us, by God's principles. Because I'll tell you this, our God is a God who changes the human heart. And for some of you this morning, I I kind of know what some of you are thinking. Well, you know what, Pastor Dudley, I have that goal. I want to have a better marriage, but I just don't think my spouse is on the same page. I don't think they're committed to that same goal. So what do I do? Well, here's what you do. You pursue the goals that God has given you, the goals that he's put in your heart, trusting him to enable you 
to persevere. Because I'll tell you this, perseverance is not just running into a wall and then getting up and running into the wall again and again. That's not perseverance, that's stupidity. Seriously, perseverance is you run into a wall and you, you step back and you go, well, that didn't work. So you try something different. You try to go around the wall. You try to go over the wall. You blow up the wall. Now, I want you to note that in this story, God's not just interested in rebuilding a wall. God's interested in what happens in the hearts of his people. Because more than rebuilding a wall, God wants to rebuild the people of Israel. And there's a, a beautiful part of the story. It's in chapter 8. I was reading the whole book of Nehemiah during the week. And in chapter 8, a remarkable thing happens. The wall is finally completed. And one of the leaders, his name is Ezra. He's a scribe. He's an expert in the Old Testament law. He stands up and he starts reading the scriptures. And people are engaged. They listen for hours to God's word. And then it says that they started to weep. And they rededicated their lives to the Lord. Church, that's where real success always begins, by dedicating our lives to God. By coming to God and saying, God, you know what? This year, I'm going to give you my time. I'm going to give you this money that you've entrusted to me. I'm going to give you my talents. I'm going to give you my business and my marriage. God, I'm going to give you my hopes and my dreams and my fears and my failures. I want you to tell me what my goals should be so that we can accomplish them together. Looking back on 2017, I know that for many of you, it's been a, a very challenging year. For some of you, there have been some really serious health issues, either ones that you've experienced or ones that people in your family have experienced. For some of you, it's been financial problems. For some, it's been family conflict. All kinds of challenges have come into your lives. And I know that when that happens, you get tired. And discouraged and sometimes you feel like giving up this past year has been one of the most challenging years for for me and for my wife Chris and there are a number of reasons for that but I want you to know that there are two things that I remember so that I can keep going so that I can keep pressing on and the first is this, the goals that I'm pursuing are not just my goals. They're goals that God gave me. You see, I didn't decide one day that I wanted to be a pastor. God called me to be a pastor. And some of you know part of that story. I, I told God, there's no way you can make me be a pastor. Boy, was I wrong. Because God completely changed my heart. And he gave me this desire to serve you and to serve our church family. But that wasn't a goal that I just came up with. It was a goal that God gave me. And because I know that I'm pursuing his goal, he'll give me the strength to persevere in reaching that goal. Even the idea of planting a church, that wasn't just something that I came up with. It was a dream that God planted in my heart and in Chris's heart. And what keeps us going when ministry is hard and when life is hard is knowing this isn't something that we dreamed up. This is a goal that God gave us. And knowing that helps us persevere. And there's a second thing that enables me to keep going. It's actually a commitment that I've made, and the commitment is simply this. I will not quit because the one I follow refused to quit. I mean, you think about Jesus. He was 
betrayed, he was arrested, he was beaten, he was denied. Did he quit? No, he pushed through the pain and accomplished the goal his father gave him. And church, listen, this year, if we're serious, if we're intentional about pursuing God's goals for us in our own lives, our families, our church, we will face opposition. There will be obstacles, there will be setbacks, but if we know that these are God's goals for us, we will persevere in moving toward those goals. So listen, there's a brand new year ahead of us. Question is, what are we going to do with it? I'll tell you this, I'm excited about the possibilities because I know from this story of Nehemiah that God's people pursuing God's goals can do great things for the glory of God. Let's pray. God, we thank you for this story that reminds us what a good God you are. A story that reminds us about the power of prayer. And God, today I pray that that each one of us would really take some time this year to just get apart and talk to you and ask you, Father, what do you want to do in me this year? What do you want to do through me? God, what are the goals that you have for me that we can pursue together? And Lord, this morning, I just want to thank you for this, for not giving up. Lord Jesus, thank you for going to a cross. Thank you for getting out of a grave. Thank you for living and dying and coming back to life so that we could have a new life because that's what we celebrate today. Lord, this communion service is a tribute to you. It's an opportunity to just draw near to you and to each other and to realize that because of you, Jesus, there is a future and a hope for us. And I pray, Lord, that as we celebrate together that you would draw our hearts close to you for we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.